Howdy folks, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This uh, will definitely be a spoiler episode as I am talking about the current volume of Dr. Fate, issue 9. If you guys want to leave feedback, you can send it to the website at bigtimenoise.com slash drfate, where of course you can leave comments. Speaking of which, we do have a comment that I'll get into at the end of the episode there. The Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. If emailing is your thing, Lords of Order has Google Plus and Facebook pages both. And if you want to tweet, Teal, T E A L Productions is the way to do that. Now, this is the April 2016 um, indicted issue of the current Dr. Fate. Paul Levitz and Sonny Liu as the storytellers. Lee Lofbridge on colors, and Seda Timofante on letters. Now, we open this issue with Dr. Fate. Well, first, let me, uh, the the cover, uh, we see a police officer decked out in riot gear uh, in the foreground of the comic book. Behind him, a ways back, is a line of what I would assume are protesters, seeing as how he's in riot gear. And sitting on his right shoulder is a smaller Dr. Fate, turned like he's speaking to him. The police officer, his eyes cast over towards that shoulder as if he's listening. Now, Dr. Fate, after trying to fix some of the issues he has seen around the city, uh, is now at the UN, where word has gotten out that a what what started as a protest has escalated into more than a protest. Uh, perhaps not quite a riot, but at the rate things are going, it very soon will be. So Dr. Fate is hovering here, um, assessing the situation, trying to figure out what he's going to do, uh, communicating haltingly, as he will, with Nabu. Um, who indirectly answers questions, if he answers at all, throws out little snippets of advice regardless of if Dr. Fate has asked for it or not. I mean, it's very... I can understand why Khalid gets frustrated because in a lot of ways it's not helpful at all. Certainly not the kind of help he is trying to elicit from Nabu. Um, here, though, Dr. Fate does something that I don't personally agree with. Uh, using his powers, he uh, grabs a nearby fence that I believe is designed to separate the outside world from the UN grounds, it looks like. uses this fence to wrap up the police who are have, have cordoned off the public from UN grounds for this protest. Uh, I don't agree with him singling out the police because things may be escalating, but there are two sides, and if you can remove one side, you can just as easily remove the other, and I would much prefer that he remove the protesters because, in, in my mind, the police officers have more of a right to be there because they are doing their job, whereas the protesters have chosen to be there at this time. So if someone needs to be removed, the people who are there voluntarily, in my mind, would be the ones that need to be removed. But he goes after the police, grabs the fence with his power, wraps up the police to transport them, doesn't wrap them up as if trying to capture them. Now, as he's doing this in the midst of this, there is a um, – you, you see tendrils of, of his energy, which are 
drawn yellow. But there is this F-W-O-O-O-S-H, a, a foosh of something, and it's in blue. The letters are in blue. Uh, I take that to mean that something else is intruding or something else has been exposed as being involved in this situation as well. Another type of energy, perhaps. But but that's all it does. Uh, he wraps up the police, dumps them in. Um, off the top of my head, I would assume the Hudson River, off off the near nearby the the UN building. Not knowing my New York geography very well, living in Southern West Virginia, and never having been in New York. Actually, I guess that's it. Kind of takes away from my uh, my tourist card there because I've I've never been to New York. My wife has been to New York. I have never been to New York, so. Uh, dumps them in the river. A uh, little levity about, well, I, I hope your shots are up to date, uh, which also makes me think that that must be where he dropped them because it's kind of notorious for not being clean. And as he's kind of uh, surveying and, and almost patting himself on the back for how creatively he fixed that situation, a boat down on the river, which I assume is uh, an official capacity boat, whether it be the Coast Guard or a fire boat or something, hammers him with a water cannon knocks him for a loop. As he's falling down, it looks like he's going to fall into the river, but ultimately he doesn't. We have a couple birds here, and they strike me as almost uh, uh, cormorants, although I don't know if they nest on the shores of the Hudson, but that's what they look like to me. They're they're speaking. One says, awfully big bird, and the other says, I thought Sesame Street was farther uptown. Yeah, bah ha 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 um, curious that the animals are speaking, so I don't know if that's going to be an ongoing thing about Dr. Fate and his connection, and I'm throwing up quotes here, with nature because of the nature of the Egyptian gods. I, I, I'm not sure what that is. But he does fall, and he falls onto almost a uh, some sort of memorial, it looks like, on the, on the banks of the river. There's a big head surrounded on three sides by big stone walls. I, I, don't, I don't recognize this if, if it is something official. And he's talking to himself, uh, gathering himself, talking to the head, uh, making another funny reference about, well, it's going to. Uh, are you going to be like the Sphinx and, and talk to me how to use my magic, which we know from previous issues. But no, uh, nothing like that happens. He gathers his wits, flies back to the UN. Uh, we see the UN grounds now have several streamers of smoke rising up. Uh, I would take that to be alluding to the fact that things are heating up even more. It's gone beyond just a protest now because whatever, something is on fire or this is smoke where they have tried to dissipate the, the crowds or something like that. But certainly in a situation like this, plumes of smoke would not be a normal uh, a normal result. We cut to the American Museum of Natu- Natural History where we see Khalid's mother. And so we find out that she is perhaps a paleontologist she is helping an intern clean up a set of bones from an Egyptosaurus that she herself dug up. And we have a little exchange for them. Uh, she um, talks about briefly, uh, in an offhanded way, how difficult it is with Khalid right now, saying that bringing up 20-somethings who feel they know everything, that's hard. Uh, referring to something that the intern had said about what she was showing him. Finally, she poo-poos him. The intern, you know, gets him to go help someone else. And we see that she is checking out her mail. She picks up a letter here that she has received. 
addressed to her, care of the American Museum of Natural History, and she is looking at this, and it looks like she's taking a picture of it with her smartphone, but I believe what she's doing is texting Khalid to see if he is going to be home for dinner tonight. Now, um, I'm not... 100% 100% sure that I've, I've read this correctly. I, I don't understand the import of showing a letter addressed to her, care of the Museum of Natural History. I, 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 don't, I don't get that. So I, I'm not sure what that's for. Maybe it'll come up later. But next we see an exchange of texts between uh, his mom and Khalid. Khalid is still the Dr. Fate, hovering over the UN grounds, and they're going back and forth. Uh, he's looking for Akila, and she's, oh, that's nice. No, Mom, it's not like that. I'm trying to find her. She's in this thing here at the UN. Oh, well, you better save her. News says it's gotten pretty bad, and he's like, bad, huh. And, and then that's the, you know, just letting us know basically what's going on in case we had misplaced why he is really there, I believe, is, is what they were doing here. So he's, again, surveying uh, the things that are happening. Nabu. Uh, his help is heal the world. That, that seems to be his his uh, pitch here lately. That, that's about all he says. So Khalid is sitting here, uh, or um, excuse me, uh, Dr. Fate is not sitting, but he assumes a sitting posture, floating in the air, trying to figure out what else to do, and he's looking around for other things that can help, other energies that he can use, which we have already seen him do, rather than pulling strictly on his magic to save the day. Um, This Dr. Fate would much prefer to use his magic to augment natural forces to save the day. Uh, He goes back to the Hudson, uses that water to douse uh, the UN grounds. He's dousing everybody, protesters, uh, police force that's there, everyone. Now, as he's doing this, there are three little uh, baby, uh, shaped baby-sized mummies floating with him that are bluish, just like the foosh word was bluish earlier. Khalid's energy is streamers of yellow. Uh, the water itself is depicted as bluish. So I don't... I, I'm taking these mummies to be this same energy from earlier that now perhaps are just observing what he's doing I don't believe Khalid is cognizant of the fact that they're there. So I I don't believe he sees them or notices them. So he does this with the water. And again, we see a blue swoosh in the same color as previously. Everyone is, is kind of chilled out now because they've been doused with water. Khalid splits the earth between the two sides, forcing them farther apart. And as he's doing this, we see more of these words in blue. So now I'm beginning to be confused as to whether or not this bluishness is another energy, or is it just the colors of the sound effects that they're using in the book? Now now I'm kind of confused as to what it's supposed to mean. So he's done this. He's separated the two sides. His thought is by the time it takes either side to walk the half mile or so to get around one of the two ends of this big crack, uh, they will have had a time to cool off and everything will be will be okay. Uh, I'm curious as to what the city of New York will say about the 
massive damage to their infrastructure that Dr. Fate has just caused. It, you know, there's no mention of that. A huge crack, a, a mile long, because the way he talks, it's a half a mile to either end. So there's a mile-long crack in the earth, wide enough to keep these two sides apart, wide enough that they can't jump across. That's that's a huge gash to for the city to try to fill at some point, you know? But, oh, he's completed his mission, so he heads off. He's not found Aquila, so he's wondering, well, you know, where is she? What can I do to find her? Um, he starts concentrating on her because Nabu tells him, you have the power, you can find her using your powers. And as he's concentrating on her, a, uh, a blob of energy is coalescing. And as soon as it gets to whatever point it needs to be at, it jets off. And Khalid says, well, you know, I guess I'm supposed to follow it. And he takes off after it. We cut to the Wheel Cornell Medical College, where his uh, girlfriend is taking classes. And the professor is telling her that Khalid is starting to slack. Um, We need to correct that now while he has a chance to be corrected, because if not, later will be too late. So I think what we're getting is the fact that all of these different aspects of his life that he's trying to juggle, he is not proving as successful as he would want to be right now. Could also be that we're trying to be told how important Aquila is to him in that his single-minded focus on finding her is having him forget about those other aspects of things that he does want to maintain, perhaps. Um, she has always been kind of a secondary or tertiary um, friend to him because he has his more non-traditional girlfriend who is truly his girlfriend who he is betrothed to medical school and then Aquila but now all of that is jumbled and Aquila is first on the list so he's following the orb as it's jetting through what appears to me to be a, a Chinatown uh, Khalid is interested uh, is curious that she would be here because he knows she is strictly halal, so she wouldn't be coming here to eat or to you know do anything like that. Follows her, follows her through to a what looks to be a warehouse. Um, and he, as he stopped observing, uh, you know, trying to formulate a plan, how's he going to get in? Is he just going to let everybody go? Is he just going to hunt her up and get her out? You know, what's going on? He sees a police van stop in front of the warehouse, open up and discharge whoever's in it, and Akila is one of those. So she isn't there yet, but she is being brought there. Using his powers, he summons up the electrical conduits from the street below, tears them apart, and uses all these different tendrils of electrical wire to shock the different police officers. Now here again, we see sound effects in blue, but the font is different um, alluding to perhaps this is the sound that electrical energy is making as it's being discharged. So I could see this as not being related to the blue words from earlier. Knocks out all the police officers, flies around, grabs something to conceal himself. Uh, looks like a uh, curtain, maybe, or a bedspread or sheet of some sort. Cover himself up, scoops up Aquila, and takes her off. And as he's flying, to set her down somewhere. They're conversing back and forth a, a little bit. Of course, she is 
completely shocked. She doesn't even know who Dr. Fate is at this point, much less that it's Khalid or anything like that. In the course of their conversation, she tells him that he must save the others as well. And he inquires, well, others who? The other leaders of the Egyptian protest. So now, unless I missed something, things are a little bit more clear as to who it was arriving at the UN. It was an Egyptian leader, perhaps the Egyptian leader. I, I think they're they're called the president. I believe that's their supreme leader. And American Egyptians were there protesting treatment of their fellow country peoples over in Egypt under the leadership of this Egyptian president. So that's what that wasn't made very clear unless I just missed that. Um, if I did, you know, somebody give me the heads up and I'll try to pay a little bit more attention apparently than what I have been. She says they have been captured and they were taken away by the Egyptians, not the police. And so Dr. Fate dashes off and he wonders, well, if Egyptians took them, where would Egyptians take them? And the first thought in his mind is, well, the first place to start would be the, you know, the, the place for Egyptians in New York, which would be the consulate. So he heads to the Egyptian consulate, slips inside using his powers. He, he phases through a, a, a big bank of windows. And he's looking around, tries to use his powers again, like he did to find Aquila, you know, the coalescent uh, orb of energy, but it dissipates. He's like, well, okay, I guess I can't do this that way. So he decides to go, if not room by room, at least floor by floor through the consulate. And we have a little blueprint of the consulate showing some inserts of, you know, he is here now, now he is here, now he's here. Finally, he phases through the lowermost portion of the building into what slash where he assumes a basement would be. And as he does... He phases right into the midst of, and this is the a full-page panel, and it's the final panel of the story, into the midst of several um, Egyptian soldier-looking dudes, that's how they're dressed and that's how they are weaponized, that are kind of a greenish, zombie-ish, mummy-ish, not mummy-ish, zombie-ish looking thing. They've got some funky teeth, but they're not necessarily sharp, glowy red eyes. We see a cell of some sort with with bars and regular people on the other side. That's in the background. And in the foreground, we have a police officer or a military officer, someone official, wearing a uniform with sunglasses, smoking a uh, a cigar or a cheroot here, uh, looking up at Khalid as he has phased down through the floor. And our caption is Ghosts of the Past, and that's what's coming up next. Now, our feedback comes to us from Eric Lamont, who left a comment on the issue episode, excuse me, 61 uh, post. Really enjoyed the episode. Much like Dr. Fate was drawn into the tapestry, I too was drawn into your coverage of this story. Despite this increasingly quippy, half-masked version of Fate, the art still evokes a weird and surreal quality that keeps the entire thing grounded in a more serious tone. Keep the coverage coming, the Fate's willing. Thank you, Eric. I, I appreciate that, sir. I'm glad that you're enjoying listening. I'm, I'm glad that others are enjoying listening as well, even though they may not be telling me. Well, that's fine. I know there are other people out there enjoying it. Next 
episode, episode 65, will be Dr. Fate issue 10 of the current volume. Uh, Again, this will be the third episode in a row of this new book as I'm trying to catch up to it because I believe it will soon be going away. Um, I'm not convinced yet that DC will be bringing Dr. Fate back after that for a little while, so I don't know. So I don't want to get too, too far behind on these new books. Of course, the Golden Age and Forward books will always be available. I can always jump to those and get those, Um, but I want to keep as up-to-date as I can on this new one. Episode or issue 10 just came out this past week as I am sitting recording this on the 20th, so it will be very soon coverage. But that will be next. I will talk to you guys then. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, non derivative 3.0 unported license. <laughs>